What's up, everyone? It's Michael, and I'm here to pick up another amazing podcast from the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. This time, I'm talking about the MarTech Podcast, hosted by Benjamin Shapiro, and with episodes you can listen to in under 30 minutes, the MarTech Podcast shares stories from world-class marketers who use technology to generate growth and achieve business and career success, all on your lunch break. The most recent episode I listened to broke down all of the layoffs that's happening in big tech right now, especially the Google layoffs. Um, so if you want an inside scoop on that, listen to MarTech wherever you get your podcast. Link in the show notes. Yo, everybody. Welcome to a brand new Techish. It's me, Abadesi of Hustle Crew, joined by... Michael Bain of POCIT. Let's go. Right. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about layoffs. Layoff season. Topic of the season. Yep. So, as we know, never seen tech layoffs like this since we got in the game, at, That's at true. least, right? Uh, That's very true. Six or seven years ago. And one app that is really having a moment right now is Blind. Yep. So, are you on Blind? Do you know about Blind? I'm not on Blind, but I have used it. I've perused on there. And I okay. used it, actually, when someone close to me, their company was doing layoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I was kind of looking and seeing, like you know, in the US office, what's been going on. And I could nice. see ahead of time whether, you know, the layoffs are really happening, how extensive they were. So it was very helpful. Yeah. And then the other funny thing is I remember looking at like that. So let's explain what Blind is. Blind is a social media kind of platform for professionals where you can kind of anonymously discuss your company. You can only yeah. sign up if you have that email. So if you work at Amazon, you have exactly. to be at amazon.co.uk. Which makes uh, it feel like which, verified yeah, So it's data. legit basically, right? Yeah. So I remember looking at the Amazon one and just seeing people like absolutely terrified and saying that we haven't had layoffs yet, but essentially they're using the threat of layoffs over our shoulder to wow. basically make us work like, you know, real, real long hours here. So it's Classic it's a good window. Into, if, you're, if you're trying to apply somewhere, it's a good window into what's really going on out there. Yeah, it How really is. It? So yeah, I mean, I see it a lot, almost like Reddit, you know, like when you go on those like super niche subreddits, like I'm learning how to drive at the moment. So I okay. spend a lot of time <laughs> on like UK driving, but it's like, you know, honest accounts of like people's experiences. That real talk. And that's what I felt blind was like, like people were being so honest you know, it's anonymous, but at the same time verified, talking about layoffs, talking about I've been invited to this meeting, what should I do? People mm. jumping into the comments, giving advice, giving tactics, lawyer up, all kind yeah. of stuff. So it is really kind of like having a moment. And it's interesting to kind of reflect on like the flip side of what is ultimately recruitment, right? Right, yeah. Like in in the prime, people are focused on the job hunting sites and they want to know what's the culture? How do I negotiate a good deal? And to be fair, there were conversations like this happening on blind in 2020, 2021. Yeah. But now 2023 is here, the season of layoffs. And it's like interesting to kind of see the conversation shift to how do I survive layoffs? And like, how do I negotiate my best exit? How am I covered in terms of severance yeah. and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, when I went on blind, back in the day it was a lot more talk about compensation and comp mm. so everyone was like yeah i'm on 250 <laughs> 100k 50 stock and yeah. i was like how do i keep this job what's going on how do i survive right yeah. so yeah in all times it's pretty convenient what do you make of the layoffs here so we know that i heard recently that hubspot's had layoffs we're on the hubspot podcast network yeah. i know google's had layoffs which is unfathomable like mm. not too long ago what's going on these companies are making money they're not broke they're yeah. very profitable i think google's Profit in the quarter was like 18 billion, something insane. Absolutely. It's so funny. it's almost like a, a human sacrifice yeah. to the market gods saying, we're going to be efficient, we're going to be tired. But it's, it's something that feels a bit off about it. It's a bit ruthless where it's like, you're making money, like you don't need to fire all these people. Why? It's interesting because I've also like lost some clients and, you know, some of them are like, in my opinion, like software companies that aren't impacted by the rising costs in the way some of my friends' companies who have like right. complex supply chains and stuff like that yeah. are. But their reasoning is, you know, we don't have the budget or we're like trying to cut costs. And I find it interesting because 
it feels more like sometimes there's just a trend of laying off and you ride that trend, you ride that wave because you realize it can impact your share price and you want to deliver that value to your shareholders and your shareholders matter more than your employees. I'm actually rewatching HBO Silicon Valley at the moment. I think I mentioned that to you. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's really interesting returning to that show 10 years later and watching people like Gavin Belson at Hooli conduct mass layoffs. So because, Hooli's the fake Google Yeah, the show. Hooli's okay. the fake Google, right? Okay, got you. So he tries to create this like AI product to compete with a startup, fails to do it, under pressure from shareholders to deliver on something. So he's like, right, I'm just going to like do a bunch of last mass layoffs, get a bunch of equity back, put it back into the equity cash pool and the investors will be happy. Right. And this is one of the tactics he uses. And, you know, when Meta announced layoffs, what happened to the Meta share price? Rocket it up. Yeah, exactly. So there are obviously now a lot of like companies who have probably heard from their board, like heard from their investors, like, yo, you need to trim the fat, which is really a shame. And it's, and it's really, you know, not a great situation for individuals because a lot of those individuals were a part of the ride when that company did grow and when that company did well. And now their opportunity to reap the benefits of that is being cut off. Like I have empathy for both sides. Like on the one hand, I remember times where I was working at companies where it's like I had breakfast ordered in, lunch ordered in, dinner ordered in. And I'm talking about San Francisco, 30 to $50 a head. I remember ordering a $27 bee pollen smoothie for breakfast. Yeah, must be nice. And it's just like, would I do that as an entrepreneur? Yeah, but we're bootstrap founders. We're not even in that. We're not even in that that mindset at all. But if you've got hundred million in your account, that's not your money. You're going to spend it in frivolous ways, aren't you? To, yeah. to keep people around. No, that's true. But I think one of the things that is sad about the layoff season is that there's a way that you can lay off people well, and there's a way that you has can anyone do it really laid, badly. has anyone laid off anyone well though. I, I mean, some know. people are giving out generous severance packages, helping their employees find their next jobs, giving them good references, all that kind of stuff. They're also communicating it in a way where they're not being ambushed by the information and they're really like being supported along that way. But some people have literally just gone, made.com, what was it, PWC, brought everyone onto like a Zoom call, right. like cut them off right away. People at Twitter found out they were laid off because they couldn't log in. So actually, so yeah, Google gave quite generous benefits in terms of the layoffs but in terms of how they did it people were literally like you said they couldn't log in yeah. or like people were actually trying to tap into the into the offices and if it worked you're in if it didn't work Ouch. you're gone it's almost like a hunger games type thing yeah. where it's like or squid games it's kind of crazy it's interesting there's another thing that people are saying that apparently because a lot of the layoffs are all kind of similar percentages so the hubspot i think six percent yeah so obviously this is not this is obviously just a, a haircut that everyone's doing simultaneously because obviously they're feeling brave because everyone else is doing it. Mm-hmm. And I do think that what Elon did at Twitter, the mass layoffs that he did there first, basically gave a lot of Silicon Valley CEOs like a feeling of, yeah, like we can do this too. Yeah. And like, like we've, got, we've got cover now. We're nowhere near as bad as that. And we can kind of do more of the same. It's difficult, man. I, yeah. I think the other thing is that if you got laid off previously, it mm-hmm. was like, you're a, not a bad employee, but maybe you weren't right for the role or yeah. you, you didn't see fit. In this situation now, it's almost like it's, you're, you're not at fault. It's your people above you that were at fault. They're either overhired. Poor planning. Poor planning. They assumed that the trends of the pandemic would continue, like e-commerce would keep booming and technology yeah. would keep booming. So it's not even your fault. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I think people have to be aware of that and keep the, keep positive and don't take this as a personal thing if you have been laid off. It's just the way the macro wins of the industry and unfortunately how selfish capitalism can be because yeah, it's all about stock price and making that stock price go up. Definitely. So how much do you reckon a Harvard MBA costs you per year? I don't know, half a million dollars. I think it's in that ballpark. I definitely think it's hundreds of thousands. I ain't got that number. Yeah, but I'm yeah. saying, let's say you did spend that much money. I mean, it's not just the course. It's also the social life you've got to maintain because you're hanging out with the kids of millionaires, right? That's true. <laughs> and Yachting, I think, skiing, who knows what. I know somebody did a prestigious MBA during yeah. the pandemic. 
And I was like, that's a waste of money because you didn't even get a chance to network. But they were kind of, there was a couple, yeah. there was a lot of cope there. They were like, no, it's good. I was like, if I wanted to go to like a proper mm. top NBA school, I don't want to do I it. So I can be yeah. people's houses. Yep, I want to go to the fancy <laughs> people's houses. I want to meet the son of the, the prince. I want to, you know what I'm saying? I'm not out here to be starting to start. I want to be yachting. Yeah, like. So anyways, the reason why I bring up the Harvard MBA is because recently brought down Kim K to do a talk. Mm. Do you... I almost feel like I would prefer to have Kim K teach me an MBA class than a Harvard professor. Who knows more about <laughs> making money in 2022? She's Let's keep it real. Trenches. If I say to you right now, we can yeah. have a half an hour consulting with Kim Kardashian or a Harvard professor who teaches MBA courses for 20 years. 100% Kim K. Exactly, but, I would but only why? We talk about Kanye. Oh, my. <laughs> no, you have to talk about business because business is enough. <laughs> no, no, of course. I would like just talk about like converting followers into paying customers. Right. Yeah, D2C, I think everything. Even, I think it's even more than that. They are great at that, but they're mm. also very good at knowing how to spike attention mm, how to break the internet how to break the internet and it's not by coincidence mm. do you know what i'm saying i guess maybe you'd want to talk to chris jenner more than kim k because chris jenner is really the mafioso the top monitor. don yeah she's the top don she's the tony soprano of all yeah interesting i think there was a lot of backlash against the people like oh like how could she come in and talk i guess it's a bit I mean, misogynistic misogyny, yeah man. but also yeah. listen don't get twisted the origin of their fortune has people consistently questioning their credibility why so when the sex tape okay right I mean, okay it's a catalyst it's a catalyst and obviously but listen there's a big gap between cat- sex tape to two three billionaires within the family obviously so i think that exactly. that's that is bs let them they, they've uh, i want to say they've earned it no one really earns a billion dollars but they've earned what they've done the right work to get mm. what they wanted basically the thing about them is that there are far more nefarious ways to be a billionaire and in a way like Who's your top OG nefarious billionaire people then? I mean, most of the people on the rich companies. list, like Koch brothers and people like that. It's who the are Koch like brothers. Stop just... saying that. You get what? Me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying this for five years. Stop calling them the Koch brothers. It's you can't say that in London. Koch. You can't say that in London. It's the Koch brothers. Okay, all right. Whatever. <laughs> but all the people that like are just living off of, you know, inherited wealth. Things that have been like mined and right. like exploited, like blood diamonds. Yeah. blood oil if that's a thing those are the ones that I'm just they don't sit well with me but it's like if you became a billionaire literally in the last five or ten years through the internet it somehow feels slightly less evil I'm gonna disagree with you on this because okay, I think who has basically destroyed the self-esteem of more young women than the Kardashians Ooh. so Oprah I'll Patriarchy? give you Oprah Patriarchy? I, I hear it but there's, there's <laughs> you can, there can be systems of oppression but you don't have to feed into it. You get what I'm saying? Mm. You don't have to, because a lot of people use that as an excuse. Of, it's here anyway. Yeah. There's white supremacy anyway. Mm. So let me just, I don't know, sell out my people and get it back. Yeah. No. So they obviously have made a deal with the devil in a sense. You know, little kids be damned. Slim, what was that tea product they were selling? Yeah, where it's like, it's yeah, easy. you can get slim tech. Yeah. And yeah. it's crypto coin. And there's a lot of stuff where I'm like, you guys have. Uh, so who's more evil, Rupert Murdoch or Kim Kardashian? I think definitely Rupert Murdoch. Definitely. Right, okay, yeah, then. yeah, yeah. Because well. I think Rupert Murdoch is much more of a conscious actor in a sense. That he's like, listen, I want the Republicans to win. I'm going to create a TV channel. That means I get tax cuts. Screw yeah. the poor. I'm not going to say she's on that level, nowhere near. But what I'm saying is, uh, she's not someone who basically has done it completely. It would innocently. rest on my. Yeah, innocently. It would rest yeah. on my conscience. Someone like Oprah, perhaps you would say. I think before she got into all this trans stuff, I don't know what she's smoking, but JK Rowling, she wrote a couple of books. Mm. Kids like the books, a couple of movies, kids like the movies. Up until now, she was someone who'd be like, okay, she made a billion billions quite cleanly. She's taking a turn for the worst now. I don't know what's going on. But the Kardashian fortune is, yeah, it's interesting. Leave it to the audience, see what they yeah, think. I'm Innocent curious. billionaire, Kim K, what do you think? Hashtag Turkish, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> If you're anything like us, your 2023 is probably off to a busy start. As a leader, it can be challenging to align your teams on a shared mission and goals for the year. 
But with HubSpot CRM, you can keep your marketing, sales, operations, and service teams in sync on one powerful platform that grows with your business and leaves your competition in the dust. Capture leads, boost sales, and engage customers all from one powerful platform. Tools like a unified contact record, help desk automation, and customizable reporting make it easy to unite your team around a single source of truth, which means you can spend less time managing your software and more time connecting with your customers. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better at HubSpot.com. So it looks like there was a window of about one month where you could cheat at school using chat GPT because <laughs> <laughs> now OpenAI have basically just rushed something no. together written some code that now basically allows you to detect text that is created by chat GPT wow so really? if you had that one Damn. month good for you if you did yeah so how do you feel about that do you think it's going to be an arms race surely there's going to be more tools to keep helping students cheat education can't go back to where it was it's done it's over the, the yeah. Pandora's box has been open right <laughs> have you watched that movie Idiocracy I have. Explain okay. that. Explain that to people. So it's just a movie about like the not too distant future where really smart people stop having kids because yes. they're too busy over intellectualizing whether or not they the market should. market is down. We can't have kids right now. And then stuff. people <laughs> who maybe have lower IQs or yeah, who just aren't as book smart, whatever, read a lot, have yeah. a lot of kids. And so the world is sort of like overrun by people who aren't putting a lot of critical thought into stuff, let's just yeah. say. And as a like guy that. from who gets sent into the future yeah. and he wakes up and he's the smartest man alive, even though he's an average <laughs> IQ guy. Yeah. But they literally, and he, they want to make him president because the world <laughs> yeah. is so dumb. I haven't seen the movie, but I'm aware of the plot. Yeah, so yeah, what was the point? Yeah, so what I was going to say was, in the short run, it feels insi- it feels smart to not do your work. But over the long arc of time, like civilizations later, like there's a reason why you need to learn how to construct a sentence or communicate a message in like a long piece of text. And there's a reason why you should develop those skills instead of playing Roblox or Minecraft or whatever else it is that you want to do. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that you're not building skills through Minecraft, but I just worry that like if you're allowed to cheat Every single assignment, I mean, don't get me wrong, most curriculums are BS. And if I could redesign the school system, I 100% would. But while it's still there, it still serves a purpose to some degree. You don't want to be like dumbing everybody down. And like, there's probably an argument to be made for like why the world is so messed up the way it is right now, because we haven't been putting enough thought into Mm -hmm. how we should act, how we should behave and how institutions should serve us. And if we put a little bit more thought into it, things could look really different. And, you know, democracy is under threat in even the most developed nations. And I think actually like a big part of that is because people aren't leaning into their critical thinking to make decisions about how to, you know, act or like have civic duty. They're just being, you know, led by ideas that they found on social media, many of those ideas by people that are trying to manipulate them, but not necessarily like placing those ideas on like evidence. Okay. I'm joking. Nah, man, kids cheat. <laughs> She'll probably kids, run for president one day. Kids, don't understand, but cheat. If you've got to cheat, I'm joking. Man. <laughs> no, what was I going to say? I hear what you're saying. What you're saying makes complete sense. I just had a feeling that I was kind of hoping that the system would kind of crash and burn and they would have to re- reorientate education in a completely different way. Yeah. Whether that might be an oral exam. Blackwash it. Tell me what you know. Sit like with the teacher yeah, and tell ooh, me what you know. Like Oxford yeah, style. Yeah, like because really and truly, you can write a budget. I, I remember my time. Hmm. We studied to the test. We didn't necessarily care about the macro subject. Yeah. We just wanted to know what do I need to say Crap to get it. the exact grade. Yeah. And I can walk out of here with my certain percentage and I'm out. Do mm. I remember anything I learned? Probably not. But if you said to me, there's an oral exam where you're going to be, there's mm. going to be some sort of a dialogue and you've got to explain the subject. Yeah. 
would that lead to more educated people? I think old school, like ancient Greece type stuff. it also just creates blaggers though, doesn't it? Like yeah, some true. people like just me. got the gift of the gab. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, wasn't Boris Johnson like famous for being able to just like recite essays at Oxford, like on the go. Yeah. And then he once got caught out because he was like, oh yeah, okay, like skip back to that paragraph. But apparently he'd like walk up to the front with like a blank piece of paper and just pretend. Wow, I did not know to that. Be reading. Shout out to Boris. I honestly, I don't know because I feel like it's going to be an arms race where like there's going to be more tools to cheat and there's going to be tools to detect and there's going to be tools to cheat and it's going to whoever wait and there's going to be little windows. I think even now, not to give anyone ideas, you can go on Chat GPT, get mm. that text, put it into another software called Quillbot. Yeah. It'll re- rearrange it into something that's probably more like your style of writing mm. and you've, you haven't done anything. So how they would catch that, I don't know. I'm less worried about the impact on schools and more worried about the impact on customer service. Because I feel like I'm already living in a world where I just get stuck in an endless loop of FAQ articles, support articles, and talking to robots. And companies do that because it's cheap. It's cheaper to send you on like a never-ending loop of links than to actually put a human on the other side of a phone call to you. And now they can do that with writing. So now I'm going to be emailing help at or support at. I'm not even going to be getting someone in like India or Philippines. I'm literally just going to be having ChatGPT come back to me in an endless loop of useless answers and then it goes on and on into infinity until the world ends so Stephen Bartlett Diary, Diary of his CEO. CEO yeah Up me next. and you no, me, me and you have always like we always send each other the trailers for his podcast because it was like he's the Michael Bay of podcasts man I don't know how he does it he gets he them to cry Michael every episode he'll we'll be like so how are you how are you really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go back to your most painful childhood memory. Yeah, man. Go. He's the reason why we're bringing it up. He's raised a, a new fund, a hundred million dollar fund, I think. And he basically came out and said, like, if I don't fund the next female founded unicorn in the next 10 years, mm. I will deem this fund a failure, basically. So yeah. he wasn't saying this is a fund for the quote unquote unrepresented, but he was basically saying part of my success metrics is that. Yes. So more power to him. What's your thoughts on him in general? Because I think he's quite a polarizing figure. I don't mind him, but yeah. I know a lot of people think he's super corny. And like, <laughs> I remember seeing an article that came out that was like lambasting him. And I really? saw a big divide in like, because like, he's polarizing in a sense that from a left wing perspective, I guess some people will be like, he's a young black guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Made his money. He's made hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Rags to riches. He is from a poor background. So shout out to him. Yeah. There are other people that are like, he's a bad guy because he's rich, number one. <laughs> He's, he puts out, he put, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's put out a lot of cheesy like motivational self-help type content mm, people love that stuff though. yeah i'm not mad at that's why i can't i can't even give the straw man yeah, argument yeah, yeah. i mean the uh, the steel man argument for the opposing side i don't know what's why everybody hates him but how you feel about uh, mr bartlett um i like his podcast trailers yeah. like i don't even watch the podcast or listen to it i'm just like not i have one. enough from the trailer i'm just like yeah i'm into that nice but i read this article in the times about him it was like diary of a ceo and he's like i wake up at 4am and then my assistant brings my ketogenic diet and then this that and the other and i was just like damn man being rich is boring <laughs> but it is though isn't it like every unit of time is like measured and you have to do all these things to make your body yeah. and mind more productive and more efficient he's like and then what i have like that? one hour with my girlfriend before i go to sleep and then i wake up you know four hours later and like start all my calls again and i was like damn i was like i'm i don't want to be any more rich than i am if that's what it takes yeah but what is that like why why is it the case where I people become know. rich and then they get like, or is it to become rich you have to be that way and then you don't can't get out of it because really and truly once you've got maybe five ten million why are you not just like living your best Chilling. life yeah because the thing is it's the hedonic treadmill right so like right now me and you we're just like okay cool we know like maybe a few millionaires but we don't know any like billionaires right, right. but the minute we became multi-millionaires we'd be hanging out with like billionaires so it's like that moment where it's like first class is no longer good enough because your friends have a private jet right and then a private jet is no longer good enough because your friends have a freaking space rocket yeah, yeah and then space rocket isn't good enough because someone you know is colonizing mars yeah yeah 
you know? Yeah. And I think that's what happened. So it's, you know, you mentioned the fact that you went to Nando's yesterday and someone's like, oh, you're still eating meat? Oh, you're like yeah. cutting 10 years off your life expectancy. And then the next thing you know, you're keto. Anyway, but yeah, I actually watched for the first time. So I went on a ski trip recently. Humble you brag. Do? <laughs> Humble brag. Black people on the slopes. <laughs> and I was watching, I hadn't seen it in years, Dragon's Den. You know, he's yes, like the first yeah. black judge on Dragon's Den? No, I think he's the second. There oh, was damn. another like light-skinned guy called awesome. Piers Leoni, but okay, yeah. I, missed that. I haven't yeah, watched yeah. Dragon's Den in like 10 years. Me, 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 I can't even believe it's still on. I don't know who's watching that shit, I'll be honest with you. But to be fair- It's primetime TV. Yeah. You know what? I think there Real are- Real TV is a weird place. You know what? I think our problem is, is that we were once in that kind of entrepreneur phase. And that's when I loved Dragon's Den. Mm. And Shark Tank, if you're listening in the States, is the equivalent. It's OG, actually. Now, obviously, when you're really in entrepreneurship and running a business, you're just like, I don't need <laughs> to see, like, I ain't trying to see this. Yeah. I don't, this is all fake. Like, this is not realistic, basically, yeah. right? So maybe that's why we're not the demographic for it. But I'm sure there's a lot of people that find it still inspiring to this day. On that episode, I liked the energy that he brought because I felt that, like, all of them tried to be really mean, like Simon Cowell on The X Factor. Right. But I felt like the energy that he brought was, like, energy of compassion and kind of like, okay, here's that and the other. So, yeah, overall, respect him. Respect Stephen Bartley. Yeah, shout out to him. I think his podcast is really going to blow up, actually. Everybody, that brings us to the end of another episode of Techish. We hope you enjoyed. We'd love to hear what you think of this week's stories. Make sure you join the conversation, hashtag Techish on Twitter, or follow us at Techish Pod. See you soon. Peace. Hey listeners, here's a special announcement about some free training that I am putting on for anyone who has been impacted by tech layoffs. So if you've been laid off or let down at work recently, or you just want to really refocus your career this year to maximize your earnings on your terms, then you should come along to tomorrow's free webinar, Layoffs to Lemonade. You can register on bit.ly forward slash layoffs to lemonade and learn directly from me how to choose the right social platform to build your audience and community, how to overcome that fear of putting yourself out there, and basically how to become more consistent with your personal branding so that you can land press features, paid consulting gigs, paid speaking gigs, just like me. It's only one hour of your time at 6 p.m. GMT, 1 p.m. Eastern time, or 10 a.m. West Coast time so i really hope to see you there layoffs to lemonade your chance to build a career you want on your terms and earn what you deserve